This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Gentlemen, I think I've let you down. I was at the Killers last night, as you can hear my voice is a bit uh, tender after a good old night out in, in Falkirk. Not been at that stadium for a long, long time, but it's on the pitch uh, in Falkirk and a good night. And I'll start the show off by uh, giving a shout out to Bobby, who was, I was standing beside who bringing me off Axom. So if he's watching today, I hope you had a, a cracking night last night. James, it's good to be back. I was away my my travels. I know Lawrence, you were um, away during the week. Patrick, you've, you've had one of your holidays, me and you jet off tomorrow to Dublin uh, with our pal Matthew for the Scotland game. Um, it's starting to get into that wee bit of groove. We're kind of halfway there between the football stopping and the football coming back. Um, Patrick, what are you doing to kind of keep yourself busy just now because it does seem like kind of lull without Celtic doesn't it yeah it is a bit of a lull um, you know you just I mean obviously we're following the Scotland games um, you know last Wednesday was a disappointment me and you are going to Ireland to follow Scotland on the Saturday night Scotland Island uh, so you've got that to keep you entertained for the time being I think once the international stop that'll be a real struggle because I think you've got a month between international stopping and then our first friendly in uh, the Czech Republic but I just keep it up to date with the transfer news. Jota and CCV are keeping us all on our toes. Uh, until those are over the line, we can sort of scroll through Twitter for hours every day, waiting for them to be confirmed. And I just try to keep up with any Celtic news that we can get. 
Yeah, absolutely. Lauren says, you know, as Patrick says, they are keeping us in our toes. I still expect and really hope that these two deals are going to happen. Obviously, we've saw a picture of Jota come out. He's on holiday and he's got his uh, hoops top on at a thought, you know, the, the, the Twitter page wishing CCV all the best, even though he's officially uh, left the club. His loan deal has expired for his gaming uh, when he was playing for the USA the other night. We really hope these two deals happen. One deal which looks as if it could be a bit of nightmare uh, is Christopher Scott. What's your take on this? There was reports saying that he was close to the deal. There's now reports saying today that he doesn't want to leave Germany. Um, again, I don't think I'd be too worried if we don't get him because we, we do seem to have this you know, forward planning under Ange Postecoglou. If we don't get Christopher Scott, I'm sure we'll be in the market for another attacking midfielder. Yeah, They've activated the year in his contract, haven't they? Maybe it's just to protect the team they can get some money from, even if they don't keep him. But no, if he wants to come, all well and good. If he if he doesn't fancy it, you know, we move on. Get someone that does. Yeah, that's it. You know what? I think that's the, the biggest thing under Ange these days, um, gents. That if a player doesn't want to come to Celtic, we're not actually too disappointed. I've so really agree what's happened to him. And right away, Matt O'Reilly appears, and you know what a blessing he is. And again, we're going to see a lot more to come from him. And our tagline there is nine Celts leave, as Ange is set for another huge transfer window. Before on air, we were trying to count through some of these guys, and it's apart from your, your Roger and Neil Beaton, Patrick, a majority of these guys that have now left the club haven't played a lot of first team football. Um, even Caramel Codem Bailey's in that bracket, not playing for the first team too much, obviously, due to a bad injury last season. We saw flashes of him before that. You know, people were maybe disappointed around Luca Coro because certainly in the friendlies he looked as if a bit of a player, but again, it's too hard to judge. What's your thoughts about the guys that have departed the club? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at guys like Afalabi, um, you know, uh, you could sort of just youngsters who haven't ever played for the team. It's hard to hard to give any thoughts, really. I mean, Karamoko's a disappointing one because, you know, we all thought he was the next big star. We think he's going to be the best player in the world in about 10, 15 years' time. Um, he's never really had a look into the first team he might have got it this season if it wasn't for that horror injury at the start of the season. But um, he's never managed to make the breakthrough. Uh, Luca Cornell, as you say, is quite disappointing because, you know, he was a bit of a star at Bolton in the English Championship and we thought, right, he can maybe make an impact in the first team. But he was sort of stuck in the reserves and then he went to Queen's Park for two years and he seems to have done all right at that level. Um, but just a bit disappointing, he never made it to Celtic. I'm sure he can walk into a few Scottish first teams um, if he wanted to. Um, the rest of them, again, you know, disappointing to lose Roger and beat on. He's two very liked players, but... The rest of them, it's it's hard to say anything really because, I, as you say, they've not made an impact in the first team thus far. No, there's no, and, and again, it's it's disappointing because I think you know the Celtic way is to breed your own and get them into that that first team, but it's just not happened to a lot of these guys. Lawrence, guys like you know, Ken McEnroy had multiple loan spells out. Patrick's touched on Luca Connell being out at Queen's Park for that period of time. It looks possibly as if Luca Connell might be heading uh, to Fleetwood to play under his uh, former captain and Scott Brown. Um, apart from you know. Roger and Beaton, is, is there any of these guys that you're really too disheartened about leaving the club? It's only really you and Henderson, and he's a touch on the belly that we've really seen anything of, isn't it? So I don't think uh, Beaton and, and Roger are included in the nine, though. But it was like nine in the one day it went. But yeah, they've been at, I mean, Ross Dillon's been about and loan, then Brody Parson was out and loan, same with Ken McEnroy. So not really seen too much of them. I thought Ewan Henderson looked like a decent player any time he played, but again, didn't happen for him in the last year for whatever reason. You know, he was out, was it Hibs he was in loan at? Yeah. So, yeah, not too disappointed. It's maybe just a time to freshen up the squad, you know, move them on, free up a bit of wages. Yeah, again, you know, between these guys, Patrick, the wages aren't going to be anywhere near you know, your Beaton and Rodgers, but um, it's about that collective kind of spirit and identity of squad and you know we heard Dan after that Ray Flovers game talking about 23, 24 players you know I, I don't doubt that maybe Beaton and, and Roger apart from that none of these guys would have probably been in that category maybe they barely at a push but the rest of them just haven't you know been in about it we, we wish them all the well on their way but you know again it's another colossal clear out and 
it kind of begs questions about you know players coming through and, and where that pathway comes. But I think for a lot of these guys, it's maybe just been unfortunate for them that the pathway's not been as clear there. And now we're getting to a point under Ange where he's going to make sure that that pathway is clear and give players that chance that if they are shown something, they, they can get that chance and break into the first team eventually. Yeah, it's maybe just came a bit too late for this group of players. You never know. Um, you know I think Ian Henderson was maybe in around the first team because I think he made his debut in Brendan Rodgers' last game about three and a half years ago. So maybe he was in about the squad. Uh, again, you say maybe Karamoko's in the fringes of it in the last year or so. You know, as you say, a lot of these guys will be playing, you know, sort of, what is it, under-21s or the reserve league football. Um, so it is a bit of a clear-out because, you know, these guys get to a certain age, yeah, they need to incorporate them in the squad or move them on. And it's 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 sad, it's harsh, but again, you know, how many of these guys are going to break into Celtic first team? Probably none of them, if I've been honest. The guys that are leaving, you know, guys like Arthur Labby who have struggled at Dundee and stuff, uh, you know, struggling to score in the Scottish Championship, it's just not going to happen. Um, so, I think it's just best for all parties to move on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Lawrence, I'll come to you from this point from, from Paul that he makes. And he said in the comments, I think we're, we're seeing now is that Andrew's been more ruthless about the type of player that fits his mould. Um, Dembele, Hendo look decent, but have they showed enough to excel in our team? Probably not. What's your thoughts on that, Lawrence? You know, as I said there to Patrick, in terms of that squad and the group of players that Andrew's spoken about, I don't think there was many of the guys that we've seen depart the club now probably, you know, be included in that and his plans going forward. Yeah, I think he's spot on, you know, the Bell and Hendel maybe, but, you know, nothing wants to Dembele in. Injured last season, I don't think Henderson looked particularly brilliant when he played for Habs, so, yeah, clear it out, freshen it up. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, as you say, there's no point in hanging about if I'm not going to make it. You, you know, they're just taking up jerseys, aren't they? Just filling space in the squad. They've got to kind of, I suppose, he's right, be with us for the turnover. And get people in that, you know, somebody's been kicking about and loan for a few years. It's just not happening for them, is it? Just need to move them on. Yeah, that's it. I don't think there's, there's too much disappointment around this. But Patrick, just to kind of touch on this, um, it was confirmed relatively that Celtic will continue to participate in the Lowland League. You know, there's been a bit of to and fro with that, but we're definitely going to be in there next season. So again, it also gives you know some of the younger guys who are going to come into that team a, a chance because you know guys like McEnroy and Arthur Abbey, they've not really been part of that, that team for the Lowland League. They've been out playing, um, I think, Championship football uh, last season. So again, it's, it's not too much even a disappointment in terms of that, that B team squad because they're just not in and about it. And, contributing something to the football club as so so yeah listen we wish them all the best it'll be interesting to see how some of them get on really interested to see if Luca Connell ends up doing it Fleetwood with Scott Brown I think that'd be quite an interesting pair up um, but yeah good luck to all of them who have departed the club and uh, you never know they might see some of them kick on from here but you never know um, as everyone knows Axel has been focusing on different European campaigns throughout uh, this wee break of football and today we're going to look at 2017-18 um, me and Patrick are trying to pick the ones that are kind of our generational age Lawrence I mean I know you remember the 90s but we just don't it's a big lull and the 90s yeah, I remember the 80s football. But I know I know you remember the 80s um, football and other things off the park so we don't want to go there but we're going to we're going to stick to Celtic the Champions League this was the last time we played for the ch- in the Champions League Um Patrick, I'll come to you, but we'll try and wrap the qualifiers just into one. It was three qualification rooms. We gubbed Linfield 6-0. Once again, Celtic European football, there was a big debacle about fans getting into the stadium and eventually I think that match was a Friday 
um, 14th of July, rounded about that date, because of everything rounded about that date, there was a big kick-up about Celtic fans being allowed into Windsor Park, and blah, 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 but eventually Celtic fans get in, gubbed them 2-0 over there, and 4-0 at Celtic Park. Then it was Rosenberg, um, no, no, at Celtic Park. James Forrest gets an important goal over there in, in Norway in Tron time. We get through, then it's a playoff round, and we absolutely battered Astana 5 0, and we get beat 4 3 over there. In terms of just that qualifying um, campaign, really good result in the, the playoff round against Astana, but my, my nerves were very, very bad when we, we returned over in Kazakhstan. Um, very, you know, absolutely relentless at Celtic Park against them, but it was a, a tough old night, even though, you know, the aggregate score was 8-4 to Celtic. Yeah, pretty um, pretty nerve-wracking, I think. I could be wrong, it might have been 4-1 at some point over there. Um, I know there was a, a period just after half-time where they were scoring for fun. I think they scored two and then missed an open goal or something. Um, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it was pretty nervous, especially that second half, because Sinclair, I think, equalised just before half-time, and you think that's the tie done, and then, mm-hmm. you know, we just come back and we fall apart. I think Ayer scores an own goal or something. But, um, yeah, we did. That was at the start yeah. of the game. Right, right. Um, yeah, we done, we done very, very well. You know, first leg, you know, I think Roger gets a nasty injury, but we end up scoring. I think it was Forrest or Sinclair that went up and scored. Um, a forest, another goal in the Champions League qualifiers was, for Forest. Uh, it was um, it was it was quite strange because I mean, if you're five nothing up after the first leg in a Champions League playoff round, you sort of look look at yourself and think we could maybe do something here because you know this is a decent level, and uh, you know that ends up not happening. Um, I'm sure we'll come to the group stage in a minute, but yeah, I think the Rosenberg game was uh, was pretty tough because you know nothing each at home. You put going away. You probably think to yourself, need a bit of a, a favour here, need a bit of a miracle. And as you say, we're about eight minutes to go. James Forrest scores from a very tight angle. You know, it's a wonderful yeah. goal. Um, really great goal. But yeah, very. It was an interesting qualifying campaign. Yeah, it was an interesting qualifying campaign. That Forrest goal was 69 minutes, so we even had to, you know, ride the storm for a good bit in that game. Lawrence, round about that time, we seem to get Rosenberg a hell of a lot, if you remember. That was one of the, the first times we got drawn against them, and then in the following season, up they came in the Europa League, um, but became quite you know we got the better of them majority of the time, and obviously they helped us out in that second season. Um, right, they drew up, they beat Salzburg if you remember right, and that's how we got into the uh, Europa League after Christmas to play Valencia. But yeah, as Patrick says, it was a bit of a whirlwind campaign. Very very comfortable in the first game against Linfield, home and away. Patrick says we, we go over to Trondheim. You're maybe thinking this would be a tough night after not you know winning at Celtic Park, got the victory over there, and then the Astana game. Um, it's just nice not having to worry about these these qualifications. Obviously, this was the last time we got through these qualifiers to get into the Champions League, but it's just it's nice to just be able to relax this season and know we don't need to have these uh, tormenting experiences, isn't it? Yeah, although the I think the, the group games were fairly tormenting as well, weren't they? <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, but, yeah. It doesn't sound too bad when you think it was eight five in aggregate. But I think Patrick's right. Eight four. They were eight four, but they were close to it at one point. And they, they did go four. We're not going to get kind of think right. Wait a minute here. This isn't. This isn't what we paid the money for. But you know, we got through. Yeah. Well, I think they got some fines along the way. Graf got fined for tying his scarf to a goalpost, I believe. But, you know. As was his one. That was the your club's deep bit season, wasn't it? That was that season. Yep. <laughs> so yes, yeah, it was a decent, decent season, but uh, just uh, we needed to do a lot better. I think in the group stages, didn't we? It was. What was it? One one. The what game is that? Group stages. Group stages, yes, we won one game. I think we're saying a 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah, we won one game, five defeats. Um, and the first of those defeats, Patrick, was when PSG rocked him to town. Um, you know, it was going to be a long night. Maybe we were 1-0 down from a Neymar goal in the 19th minute. Neymar, who, you know, it seems to have got a wee message from uh, Tony Ralston to Kyogo. They got absolutely clattered uh, yesterday in that uh, Japan and uh, Brazil game. Um so yeah, it'd be interesting if we get 
PSG again because I think there's two Celtic players now vying to do Neymar and again but yeah we get absolutely torn apart at Celtic Park that night um, and it, it it was a really long night wasn't it a really really poor game for from our point of view a lot of class I mean like Cavani head was absolutely top top class but yeah, we just we didn't have a good night at the office at all that, that day did we? No and um, I don't know about you but I think I, I think I started to think about Brendan Rodgers differently at that period of time because you know first season we won the treble didn't do that badly in Europe apart from the Barcelona defeat uh, the season before um, you know 7-1 away from home or 7 nothing away from home I should say Um we win the treble, unbeaten, invincible. And then you maybe try and look to do something in Europe. As I said, you win your first playoff leg, 5 nothing. You sort of fancy yourself and then that happens. And it's just a, you know, right back down to earth sort of thing. Getting battered 5 nothing at home, I think. It, it's our worst ever home defeat um, in Europe by some distance. Yeah. Uh, and we kept on breaking it consistently. I think it was only AC Milan about four years before that was our worst fight home defeat up until then so you you, saw, you you felt yourself slipping in European standards even with Brendan Rodgers at the helm but um, aye, it was it was, a, it was a bad game and that was the one that they turned up less than 24 hours before kickoff, which under UEFA rules you're not really meant to do and I think everyone was dreaded up for it because you know they're underestimating us we can we can hopefully cause an upset here and then you look at what happens 5 nothing. so I. I, I, quite a disappointing group stage and I'm sure we'll come on to each game individually Yeah Lawrence you know Tony Ralston I think that was his, his first you know game in the group stages of the Champions League it, it would have been when he came up against Neymar obviously there's that kind of infamous picture of him um, you know saying to Neymar are you getting right here but you know the, the bigger question I'd ask you is that if we end up with a PSG in this group stage is how, how do we avoid that kind of hammering at, again at home um, because it really was a disappointing night and you know We'll, we'll come to the flip game. You know, I think it was about four minutes. We were up one 0 A bit of it was in the part of the France. We get absolutely mauled, seven one. How do we avoid these these defeats? Because obviously we're going to be up against a lot of quality. People already are worried about the way we play football. I'm looking forward to the way we play football against some of these teams. How do we avoid um, results like this in the Champions League? So, I mean, Brendan, and you know, he said he's going to stick to his principles. And then, you know, his way of playing football. And I suppose it depends. Uh, is Ange going to do the same? Does Ange do it better? Certainly this season, I'd have thought, you know, those patches against, especially against Betis, look really good. So let's hope that he's going to perform better as manager in Europe because I don't think Brendan really done it, did he? He was uh, mm-hmm. a load of hammerings after him. Well, sorry, we had him at the hell in Europe, so... 7-1 but there was some team at that time but 7-1 you know, it's a good scoreline but not to be on the receiving end of it no absolutely not I think they prefer it when we are doing it in a, a certain cup final um, Patrick what's your take on how do we avoid this because you know as Lawrence said there Rogers was very clear that he was sticking to his principles in it um, Ange has said very clearly he's not going to you know, change but I just think, you know, the mentality of Ange Postacoglu, he'll want to win these games and he's not, you know, daft as as I'd talked about before. Uh, when he was an Aussie manager, you know, the, the way in which he frustrated Louis Van Halen and other coaches in that World Cup campaign. He's came up against good coaches before and he's going to be the first Australian, uh, Australian board manager to, to manage in the Champions League. He's got a big point to prove here um, and he likes doing that. He said, you know, he's not got a point to prove from our perspective. But in terms of Aussie football and his credentials to, you know, we spoke about that European snobbery, which I think we were all bad for at the beginning of, of last season. You know, to prove here that, you know, you can be a gaffer from a different continent but play the same football and make it successful. Yeah, totally. Um, I think, you know, to be fair to Brendan, uh, you know, I've just slagged him off, but you need to look at that Bayern Munich game. You know, I think if a team isn't quite at their best and you take the game to them, you can you can almost get something because you know if it wasn't for a combination of Craig Gordon and Neil Beaton, we could have got a one one draw that night. Um you know, it's typical of Celtic in Europe recently where we score usually an equaliser and then immediately concede to fall behind again. You know, we've done it against Copenhagen, Bodo Glimt, Bayern Munich, as I'm just saying. We score these goals, you get a bit of momentum and then within about three minutes you concede again. Um 
So I think that's just what you need to do. And and you'll take the game to the opposition full ninety minutes. There'll be no stopping. You know, you're probably going to line up with Maeda and Kyogo at least uh, as that two of that front three. So you know, whether it's PSG, Bayern Munich, Man City, Porto, Sevilla, Frankfurt, whoever it is, we're going to be pressing from the front and. You know, Ange obviously believes that that's the best way to defend, to attack from the front, and uh, hopefully it works uh, a couple of times. Yeah, hopefully it does work a couple of times. Listen, the way we press teams and, you know, the way in which that inverted full-back system can work very well, there's no reason why we can't win games in the Champions League. I'm being corrected here by Peter, tell me Ange is Greek-born, yep, but I think he does come across as like an Aussie-Greek manager, and, um, you know, for the, certainly the Australian press... They're claiming him as their own, as their, the first Australian board manager to, to manage in the, the Champions League. So, yeah, stayed there most of his life. Um, as I say, Australian media is definitely claiming that one. And it would be really interesting to see, you know, we, we spoke um, before and we had uh, our Australian guest in the podcast, we spoke about the coverage that was going to be around that final day of the season. You know, Australian media is going to be absolutely loving this with Celtic in the Champions League because this is, you know, the creme de la creme of uh, competition, Lawrence, and they cover it, it's going to be great. But listen, after that 5-0 doing, flip side of it, we went to, to Belgium and we won 3-0 in Anderlecht. And it was, a, you know, Roberts, Sinclair and uh, Griffiths with the goals in that night. And it was an absolutely great performance. Uh, again, it maybe built into that European mantra part that I've spoken to you about this a lot, that when you actually get a team, you know, I think Anderlecht are missing a few key players that night. But we went over there the top top performance and a great result and um, yeah it's probably one of the best Celtic away performances uh, in Europe you know this side of the uh, 2000 I think so mate I mean prior to maybe beating Ajax I don't know yeah it probably was you know I think this season you know if we pick up anything the road it's a bonus it's really kind of we want to win our home games. We want to make it uh, that kind of fortress again, don't we? You know, it's we should be able to do that. Yeah, we better luck in it. And who you draw? It's maybe what we're looking for. Yeah. You know, you get PSG and Bayern. They were two of the best teams yeah. Yeah. in that year's competition. So what we're expecting to pick up definitely nothing in the road. Yeah, but I think I just probably be a bit more. Yeah, Switched on and Brennan. Brennan was, I think, very open. As much as we've been told that Andrew's style is really open, you know, we we'll, were we'll tight defensively at the back last season. We didn't lose a lot of goals. So hopefully he can build on that again this year. You know, whether that's signing Cameron, you know, we've been linked with a couple of left backs. We'll see who's going to bring in see, and see kind of what kind of effect that's going to have on us. But I think, you know, like Juranovic, easily Champions League level player. Same with Carter Vickers. Well, Joe Hart's been there, done it. So, as much as we say, you know, we might lose a few goals and Ange likes to attack, I think you know, we have a decent defence on the park. Patrick, on the road, is it a bonus just to try and get a, anything on the road or should we be looking at a team like Anderlecht? Obviously, you know, we've got third place in this group, you know, as Lawrence already touched on, by only winning one game. Is it looking at that third place team, you know, pot three place team, should I say, I'm looking at trying to beat them at Celtic Park and definitely try and get something on the road. Something we did very well against Ferenc Varos. Um, obviously in the Europa League, different competition, but we did well and we proved that we could go and do it because, you know, in that Europa League group, you were looking at Leverkusen and Betis as the two kind of the two top teams in the group and you're looking at Ferenc Varos. But I think it's important to look at that pot three team or the team that is beatable, hopefully. I'm looking at definitely beating them at Celtic Park, but absolutely try to take something on the road against them. If you get a victory, it's a massive bonus. Yeah, you're looking to basically beat them in aggregate, aren't you? Because I think it doesn't come down to goal difference, it comes down to head-to-head if you finish in the same points. So definitely look to beat them in aggregate. I think with the the new change with the away goals, away goals no longer count for double, I think it's a, a sort of acknowledgement that home advantage is a lot less now because, you know, when Celtic come up against PSG, maybe 15 years ago, when Strachan was in charge or Martin O'Neill was in charge, you would say, oh, fancy Celtic to get something. Nowadays, the, the gulf in, in football and finances and quality is just so big that when you're playing PSG at Celtic Park, it doesn't really count. There's, there isn't really an, an advantage there. Um, we're still miles away from it. 
And I think that's why they've removed the away goals rule. So I think if we can if we can show that we're a better team than the third pot team over the course of the two games that we play, you're probably unlikely to pick anything up in the other four games. So I think that's just the aim. You know, if we get I've not looked at the pot three teams recently. I think it's teams like is it like Sport and Lisbon and Seville and stuff? Sport and Seville, yeah. Yeah, and I think you've got uh, Salzburg as well. Um, so it, it'll be a bit of a tough ask. Um, you know, Sporting won the league last season. Salzburg, I think, won the league every season in Austria. We've played them a few times as well. So it'll be a bit of a tough ask, but I'm sure Ange loves his challenge. You know, he said on, I think it was the SEN radio while he was on holiday in Greece that he loves insecurity. He doesn't like security. He loves insecurity. It's what he thrives on. It's when he does his, does best. So hopefully we back to the wall. We absolutely thrive next season. Yeah, we really hope so. Lawrence, um, those pot three teams that Patrick touched on, Brisha Dortmund's also in there. He's already mentioned Salzburg, Shakhtar, Donetsk, um, Napoli, Sporting Lisbon, and our old friends Bayer Leverkusen we played last year. But on the road in the, the Europa League uh, last season, Lawrence, we, we did prove that you know we, we could go up against teams and you know Leverkusen in their own backyard. They gave a hell of a game too. Of course, we came out in the the wrong side um, of the scoreline, but you know three two. Over in Germany, four three in Spain, um, and obviously we won in Ferenc Faros. Do you think this team's proved that they, they can do it in the road in Europe so far, and they'll definitely give teams a game? Yeah, both times we gave them a game. We've got goals in us. The team's improved since then. You know, we've added to the squad, and I think it's an improved squad. You'd hope that Ange would be, uh, yeah, would be able to pick something up in the road. You know, I still see it's a bonus when you your home games. Yeah. Patrick touched on Strachan. You know, we make Madison Caldwell as a centre half in the last 16. It's, you know, there was a big gulf between the quality of our players and, and who they were up against. So I think we have a clear plan uh, and the players well drilled. It's possible for us. Especially atmosphere at Celtic Park. Some players, they just go overawed by it. So, you, you know, we need to use that kind of atmosphere to, to our advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I think it's trying to change that Celtic Park teams I think now think Patrick that they can rock up and, and beat us at Celtic Park it's about creating an atmosphere um, and you know really getting behind the team um, you know to touch on here I was talking about Leverkusen away there Brun Warriors said you know Kyogo missed four clear chances versus Leverkusen at Celtic Park again to build into that he'd only just returned from injury and again it's about where your squad is at that point Lawrence as you say there we're a lot stronger as a squad at this point in time and if you've got everybody fit and you're firing no, there's no reason why we can't get good results um, at Celtic Park. The squad is in a better place and we hope by the end of this transfer window will be in a even stronger place. Um, Patrick, as we said, 3-0 over in, in Belgium, great result. And then it was over to the Alliance. It was my uh, first Celtic Champions League trip. And you know it was 3-0 going in about 7-0. And we got absolutely hammered. Miller Kimmich and Mats Hummels with the goals. It was a disappointing night. Listen, we had a, I think we got a goal chopped off it towards the end of the game. Um, but it was another disappointing night. It was probably the only positive you'd take out it was that we kept the scoreline down to 3-0. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was it was Sinclair in the last minute. It was an absolute peach as well. I think it was called in the top corner for the edge of the box. But uh, aye, it's it's not that... Three nothing at the Allianz. Um, it's not the worst result in the world. You know you're probably going there expecting to lose. So to keep the scoreline below four or five is is pretty good going, even if it could have been more. But I, you know, it, the the two PSG games are the ones that stick out in the memory. Um, that that game at the Allianz. Um, it, it's it's like a nothing game. You sort of expected to happen. You don't expect us to take anything. It's not the worst result in the world. Um, Getting a goal would have been nice, but yeah, I think the the home game was the, the the disappointment to go to get it back to one one. We have about thirteen minutes to go, and then to concede within a minute and then lose two one. It's a great performance, but you're you're disappointed there. Um, and I think that probably sums up that group stage. Actually, you know, there was many different games, but in in one way or another, you always end up disappoint disappointed. You know, it was either a thumping or we came close and didn't quite get there. Even though we get through in the end by finishing third, it was it was a slight disappointment. 
Yeah, it was a disappointment. I'm just actually looking at the, the starting eleven for that final defeat in the Alliance. And you know, Christian Gamboa, I remember him started at right back. So once again, it just shows you that if you're not, you know, Mikel the sticker to be played at centre half because we were so short. Um, Lee Griffiths started up top. So, you know, again, like a guy like Gamboa, no disrespect to him, but he wasn't first choice. Lustig was the first choice and he's had to be played at, at centre half. So again, Lauren, it's, you know, it touches on where your squad's at. Injuries um, and where players are at, but as Patrick says, you know, it wasn't the worst defeat in Germany. You were up against top quality. You're probably going to take some of these, you know, bangs in the chin and along the way. But it's how you recoup and bounce back from them. I mean, nearly did bounce back in the return against Celtic Park. You know, Carl McGregor gets that equaliser. You know, it'd have been a great point to probably get at Celtic Park. It would have all but sealed the deal to get that third place um, and go into the Europa League, but. You know, sucker punch Martinez gets a goal in the 77th minute and they can't respond. Yeah, well, I think they're a decent team, but I think this season, looking at what Andrew's done with a half built, you know, half built team, I'd say it was in Europe, I think we can expect to improve on it, can't can't we, this season? It'd be reasonable. And, you know, defensively, I think we all know we're in, you know, for Cam Vickers, probably another left back. I think, you know, you get your heart and go. It's it's a solid foundation for us to, to push on. I mean, th- that year, it was two big teams, and yeah, I think they probably went through with a, a record low points total, didn't we? Three, as opposed to when we used to go out, we were having nine points and stuff. But mm. no, that's it, what it was. It, it just maybe shows you how good a group that was that, you know, we only got three points, but still went through. Yeah, absolutely. You should say two top teams. Um, the underlight one's probably the one that sticks out for me more than anything. I, I'm being reminded here, and rightfully so, by the way, that the Gamboa slammed in a piece of a goal against Bayern Munich last season for the VFL. Um, yeah, so I think he got a bit of redemption on it, just a pity. It wasn't in a Celtic jersey, but yeah, he's playing out there um, in, in Bundesliga for, for, for Bosham. Listen, I thought he was an OK player. First, when he came into the side, I thought he was pacey. He looked as if he could defend. I think his last good game for Celtic was uh, in the, the League Cup at Fir Hill um, in, in August 2018, if I remember so. So, yeah, um, a, a name from the past to pop up there, Christian Gamboa. Um, but Patrick, you know, as, as I spoke to Lawrence about there, I gave it Celtic part was the kind of what if, because it was a great goal from Callum McGregor, took it really, really well, getting past Manuel Neuer. But... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, they're the kind of games where you just need to maybe hold on and try and get that point because it'd be a big point for us that night. Yeah, and you know, sometimes football fans can get mocked for celebrating a draw, but in terms of the golf and finances and stuff, the golf and quality is unbelievable these days, and to get a draw would have been a fantastic result. I remember celebrating the goal, you know, I, I was in disbelief, you know, that we could get a draw against Bayern Munich. Because, um, you know, I think when I started following Celtic, they were the Champions League winners, the, the European champions, 2-1 uh, against Dortmund four years earlier. So, yeah, it was a bit of a shame, 
Um, I think that's when my uh, my 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 love of Neil Beaton slowly started to die uh, because I think he was the one that lost Harvey Martinez in the box for that header about a minute later. But I mean, I think I think that summer we really let ourselves down, and I think I've spoken about this before, and it's why we need to strengthen this summer because. You have Ralston playing against PSG. You've got Gamboa playing against Bayern Munich. Lustig in the middle of the park. Lustig shouldn't have been at the club by that point. He should have been moved on. You know, that was the start of a two-year decline for Lustig. You know, I know we're very unlucky with injuries that season, but to play three different right-backs in six games in the Champions League when you don't really trust any of them, um, it's, it's a bit of a... It's, it's a sign that you've not done your, your business properly. You know, we only signed two or three players permanently that summer. Uh, so we really failed to kick on. But as you say, another disappointment. You know, you've got the, the 5 0 drubbing. That's a disappointment because you can see so many goals. And then the next home game, 2 1, to come so close and come away with nothing apart from a good performance. Just another disappointment, really. And I think we, we, we let ourselves down that season. Yeah, we did. Lawrence, I think that is a really good point that Patrick makes there. Um, at the end of that, you know, invincible table season, we were in a complete position of strength. We added Olivier and Cham in. He was the big buy at four million odd pounds. Um, Paddy Roberts came back for another loan stint um, as a boot kicking on properly because I think, you know, especially when you're getting drawn against Bayern Munich and PSG, you, you need the players to go up against them. Um, and even just being left with, with Griffiths and Dembele as your strikers probably wasn't enough in that competition. Um, I mean, you look around that you know it's sitting on half the space as well, having to bring Lustig in. I think Joe's always said an injury. It is about having strength and depth, and we simply didn't that season. And when you're trying to come up against top quality teams, like we've mentioned, you, you need to have enough there as a squad that, you know, if we do head into the Champions League this season, um, with the same group of players and they've not added to it we will get found out because you will get the injuries along the way and you don't want to be having to play players out of position or whatever um, to try and make up for those gaps against top quality teams which is absolutely what we're going to get drawn against I think that year there was already rumours Brendan wasn't happy with the summer transfer business wasn't there I think he'd lined up a couple of players we missed out on I think one of the guys had the ladies hall that you speak to him about aren't you? and he, he left thinking it was done and it didn't go over the line, so yeah, you, you, you've got to hope the board are going to back hands this year. We don't fall back to that old pattern. We recently done our business early in both transfer windows, you know, once Andrew was in. So we open on Friday, hopefully, we'll get some announcements. Yeah, that would be lovely. Um, Patrick, you know, it's a really good point that you make. It's not about standing still, is it? We, we really need to, to go for this, and I'm quite confident that we will go for this. I don't think. Ange is a manager who's going to accept second best in this window. Uh, Michael Nicholson's, you know, a young CEO with a lot of fresh ideas. I think he knows in himself, having been on the board and around the board at that point in time, we can't re- repeat the mistakes of the past. And bringing in a guy like Mark Lowell surely means that we're going to do business well um, and, you know, get the players in that fits the manager's system and hopefully really, really kick on um, from now on in because we're in a great position of strength. Nobody probably expected us to have, you know, the League Cup, the League in the bag and straight into the Champions League. And again, we've not got this dinner and delay that we've always had of, are we going to be in the Champions League or not? So we'll be holding back the money. Yeah, you know, as you're saying, you'd, you'd hit a, a sort of a pinnacle, a zenith or whatever you want to call it in 2017. I think it was something like 37 points we finished ahead of Rangers. We'd been in the Champions League, we'd qualified for it again. We had all this money, we had such a good squad. And from there, it basically went downhill up until, you know, Ange came in. You know, it was slowly getting worse and worse. Uh, you know, you continue to win those trebles. But in terms of Europe, in terms of, you know, the squad, we, it was a slow decline, really. And we've now, you know, Ange has turned it around. All of a sudden, we're on top again. And we really need to capitalise on it because you've got 35 million guaranteed, plus whatever games you get some points from. Or if you qualify for the Europa League after Christmas, you, you really need to capitalise on a on a sort of moment of opportunity. Um, you know, I, I think we've all spoken about it on here before. You know, you're you're probably looking at the two lone guys, a replacement for Rodjick, and then two or three other players as well uh, to really 
to really improve the squad, you know, improve the defence, the goalkeeper, left back, midfield, you know. In order for Angie's system to work, you have to have players that can play it. You know, we've seen that early last season. We couldn't even beat Michelin at home. Uh, so, yeah, the board, you know, we've, we've still got two months, obviously, but, or, sorry, three months. Aye, three months, because you can sign players in August, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully the, the club have learned from their mistakes. You know, it was a mistake we made five years ago, so they've had plenty of time to learn from it. And uh, I I think, I agree with you, I think we have learned. I think Ange is the right man for the job. He's, he's the man in charge. So I think we'll feel a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just looking at that uh, lineup, where we absolutely get hammered in the part of the France with Callum McGregor playing that left hand side. If you remember, there was that wee uh, part in that. It was a lot stronger team. Lustig had returned to right back with Boyata, Semenovic in the middle, Tierney at left back. Um, but Lawrence, you know, absolute jubilation for the Celtic fans in that away end. First minute, big Musa, bang, 1 0 Celtic. And we thought, oh, here we go. And then eight minutes later, Neymar equalises. And it was almost as if we'd, you know, hit a, a raging bear that was going to come storming at us. And it was just, it was a long, long night that evening. Yeah. Only a season after watching Celtic get hammered 7 0 in the new camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brendan didn't seem to, to learn anything, did he? Yeah. Let's put it down. Tierney's breakthrough season, he was named in Champions League. Even though well, all league and goals he was named in the, the breakthrough team, wasn't he? Well, Possibly. Can, yeah, I think so. I was, it, it was just a, a really, I mean, it was embarrassing, you know, not covering up and going right, you know, when it gets to three or something, you're going right, we really need to. Just part of us here. Just don't lose any more goals. Not keep keep on and losing losing seven. But you know, the Rogers in, in Europe. I don't think he ever really done that well when he was leading Celtic. Whereas Ange, I think he, he's given a, given us a glimpse that you know he can put a team together that that are going to do well in these competitions. So yeah, we trust the ball to bell. I've got to hope and trust that the board back him. You know, it opens Friday. You'd like to see at least Jot and Cameron Carter Vickers being announced early, wouldn't you? And then from there, we've been rumoured with a couple of left backs. I think maybe a backup keeper and a striker, but we'll see. You know, it'll keep us busy talking about it all summer. That's it. Yep, attacking midfielder, I think, is on the radar too. Um... Yeah, I think there's going to be plenty to come in. I don't think we are going to stand still. I really hope we don't, but I don't think we are. Patrick, you know, as Lawrence said there, but we didn't really learn any lesson. Maybe it saw us be beaten 7 0 in the new camp, and, and this was another horror, horror show night, you know. Obviously, the quality of Neymar, Cavani's, and Bappy's in the park is yet to be seen, but, but surely after, you know, being on the end of a tank and the season before, some lessons should have been learned. Yeah, and, you know, I think. Harvey Brady might have said this at the time about maybe the season after. When when you get gubbed, you know, like three times in two seasons, and then you're given the instructions to do the exact same and play the exact same, and then you get gubbed again, you know, it's a bit demoralising and you start to lose faith in your system. It might work domestically. Um, you know, that season, even domestically, it was a bit of a slog at times. But to do it in Europe and for it to constantly not work, the players lose belief. Um and I think you've seen that against you know teams like Anderlecht. We should be beating Anderlecht at home. Um, I know they get a new manager and they were like a month or two into this sort of new manager bounce. <clears> but <throat> that last game, it was a chance to sort of redeem ourselves after getting gubbed away in Paris. And we never done it. And again, just a, just a real disappointment, really. I mean, that season, disappointment after disappointment. Um, they, they, I think they were 1-0 up for a long time in that game and if they made it too, we could have we could have been heading out because I think if they if they won 3-0, they'd disappear our goal difference. They never get gubbed as much as we get gubbed. So, uh, you know, that could have been risky. But, yeah, just very disappointing and hopefully it's something that we can learn from, you know, even if it was five years later, we've got a completely new squad, basically a completely new manager. Hopefully it's something we can learn from. And, you know, as I said about five minutes ago, it's just some matter of making good signings, having a good team, trusting the players, because we can't be going into, you know, I know he's a different player now, but we can't be going into these games and relying on a guy like Anthony Ralston, because he was, 
even in 2017, he was sort of in the wilderness. He was a, he, we all knew he was a very poor player back then. He's came on leaps and bounds since, but you shouldn't have to rely on poor players in early September um, when you're playing, you know, creme de la creme in Europe. No, absolutely not. Um, AGAC were on our usual Tuesday. Um, listeners, I, I came in here with the comments, Patrick, so I was covering you up while you were talking about it, saying it's all about staying in a position of strength, but in a targeted and strategic way, um, rather than many reckless signings that don't fit our system or culture or the country in the league. Absolutely, I think, obviously, in the January, um, following on from that, that summer transfer window in Cham was when Marvin Comper came in and then it started to seriously... Uh, take the, the the hit down the way. So yeah, absolutely right. It's about getting the right players in that the manager wants and suits the system, and absolutely go for it um, in the Champions League. Uh, moving away from seven one in the part of the France Lawrence, this is the one that really sticks for me. Is the one no defeat at home to to Anderlecht. It was the last time up until the the presentation day, uh, the six 0 game against Motherwell that we heard the Champions League anthem. At Celtic Park, it was the last time that we heard it definitely um, on a natural Champions League night. We got beat 1 0. It was a Jozo Simonovic own goal. It is important that the team who looks to a lesser extent uh, stronger in the group that we, we do go on and beat them. And this was a night that really disappointed me. Yeah, you know, at Celtic Park, we should, as Patrick said, we should be beating teams like Anderlecht. Uh, 1 0 out with a bit of a wonder, wasn't it? You know, you touched on it. If it scored another one, you could have been going through. Uh, this point campaign all in, I think, wasn't it? You know, it's just yeah, Brendan just didn't seem to have it for Europe. Uh, with whatever system they put out, did he? It just he seemed a bit lost there. I don't know if he's getting any better, but uh, yeah, it, it didn't really seem to do it well. So hopefully, I think Angel will do a much better job. You know, his system seems to be better. His first stab at Europe when he's only got half his team in, I thought you know, it was decent. We can score goals away from home. So, I th- yeah, I, th- I think Angel did better. I don't think we're going to be looking at seven ones or five nils, or you know, losing teams like Anderlecht at Celtic Park. I think he'll get the get us up for it and deliver the results. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if he's trained this summer, um, which I think is definitely going to happen. So yeah, we're in a good position here. It's about kicking on, you know, Patrick, as you say, going into that 2017-18 season, you weren't actually too confident of where we were at, even after you know, coming off the back of a phenomenal domestic season where we didn't strengthen up to a level, uh, you know, for the Champions League. And that was after, you know, the, game, the disappointing defeats against Barcelona, um, not, you know, taking any victories against Borussia uh, Mönchengladbach. Um, so, yeah, and obviously... Did really well against Manchester City, but it didn't count for anything because ultimately we didn't even qualify after Christmas. But uh, yeah, eventually we get to this point here. We have um, Zenit St. Petersburg after Christmas. This is Rogers' first stab at European football after Christmas. Uh, after Christmas, as Celtic manager, one 0 defeat, one uh, 0 victory at Celtic Park. Carl McGregor, it's a great goal. Uh, another forgotten man, Charlie Masonda. Lays the ball on to him. You think, OK, we're 1-0 up here. We've got something to hang on to. Over we go to uh, St Petersburg and we can see the eighth minute and then it just becomes a long night. Yeah, pretty terrible. Um, the home leg, we should have scored more. We should have had at least a 2 nothing lead. And I think with 2 nothing for them, it's a, it's a bit more of a psychological hurdle. You know, one nothing. all they need to do is open score and then it's a level game. And they, when they do it within eight minutes, all of a sudden they get eighty-two minutes at home to to, to beat us. Really, um, I remember I remember you know Kuasi played that game, uh, and a very I think he was in a very forward roller. Actually, I think he was an attacking midfielder. You know, again, lack of strength and depth because there's no way he should have been anywhere near that first eleven. Um, and Cham played that night. I remember uh, Dembele leading the line, but. We should, we should have won that game by at least two goals. And then to go away, I think we're 3 nothing down in half an hour. I mean, it's just terrible. I know we're, I know we're uh, famous for being terrible away from home, but that, that must be up there. To, to, concede, to concede a league like that so easily and so early in an away leg, you know, it's it's lamentable, it's terrible. Um, and, you know, we've not really done it since, but 
again, just another disappointment. I think no no one really... Ex- I don't think our favourites going into that tie, but when we've seen how we played in the first leg, you know, 1-0 going on 2 or 3, you maybe fancied yourself going into the second leg and to just have that sort of sucker punch again, you know, sort of typical Celtic in Europe. But, yeah, again, just another disappointment that season, really. Yeah, it was, Lawrence. Um, you know, as Patrick touches on there, it was two goals we conceded in 27 minutes. So, right away, you're looking at the game and you're thinking, even at this point in time, we just looked as if we'd all the energy sucked out as by that point and we didn't really, you know, come into it. Patrick, you've mentioned that Kuasi came in uh, that January as a transfer. Um, I've already mentioned Marvin Comper coming in too. You know, even looking at the Europa League, Lawrence, that season, we knew we probably did have to strengthen a wee bit more to try and kick on the competition. And it just looked once again as if we weren't interested. And, you know, we, we got our backside sanded to us that night in St Petersburg. We didn't deserve to go through the tie. And once again, you know, it was a European football after Christmas and we failed to win the, the, the tie. We won one of the games at home, but in the overall tie, we we get put out. And once again, you know, the, the season afterwards, it's Europa League football, group stages, we get into the, the round of 32 and Valencia beat us comfortably um, at Celtic Park. We're close over there, but again, ultimately, we don't come through the tie. But what lessons... Do you know? Do you think are in that? Obviously, Angie's at the crack at the conference, and um, coming through after Christmas this year, um, that's probably the game that's best to people would say maybe best to judge on one in terms of where the squads at. But again, I think we're a better team since since February, and um, you know only a few months back because we, we just look as if we're starting to click a wee bit. There was maybe that wee bit of a lull in performance in February. We played a lot of games, you know, coming back with. You know, the, the crowds being out, we had to play that game, that derby game against Rangers. It was a, a lot of games coming thick and fast at the players. But, you know, in terms of that Zenit game, the Valencia game following it on, it didn't seem as if Celtic's a club had learned because, again, I would say we were into both those those ties um, underprepared in terms of transfers coming in. Obviously, we're looking a good bit ahead here in terms of January. We've not even passed this summer transfer window. But it should be a case that if we do need to bring in players in January, like we just did uh, this year, but we can do it comfortably. Yeah, that's also. I mean, I, I just touched on it kind of the early part of last season that you felt one of the results was because we weren't prepared properly, and he's not going to let that happen again. So I, I think he'll be demanding the board get guys in early, and I, I think you know the board have got to realise it looks like a decent manager. It looks as if he could do something in Europe. So back him. You know, and let's see where we can go with, with Angie's philosophy and his team. He's built a fairly decent team really quickly. I think just about every one of his transfers has worked out. So, you know, they've got to have confidence. This guy knows the type of players that will work well in his system. So, you know, it's quite reduced the risk for them. So, yeah, hopefully they do go out and back him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be interested to see how we, we, we do fair this season in Europe, Patrick. You know, we've touched on there a campaign where we get two big hitters, a team who looked certainly beatable at Celtic Park. We get the, the good result against them uh, away from home. It's, you know, completely different managers, completely different times, but there is probably lessons to be learned in that last season and uh, the, the Champions League. Not that I, I think Andrew Ray going back, you know, looking at reruns of us uh, getting beat 1 0 at home to Anderlecht, but certainly lessons that, you know, as fans you've certainly learned probably um, from watching Celtic then to now Yeah um, be less open uh, would be definitely one of them, mm. but you know this season, you know, at times we went we went full games without conceding a shot on target, so I think defensively we're a lot better um, obviously that will be tested you know, next season uh, you know, a lot of the times in football at the higher level it's all about sort of punishing mistakes so if we can sort of avoid, you know, the back four and the goalkeeper giving away the ball easily, um, I think that'll be a big, that'll be a key factor because, you know, as much as we are known for pressing in Scotland, you know, these guys at the top level, all these guys will try and press the ball, maybe not as intensely as we do, but, you know, these will they'll be trying to close down Starfield and Carter Vickers and we've got to make sure we don't make any mistakes or minimise the amount of mistakes that we make because... You know, it's shooting yourself in the foot is probably the worst type of goal you can you can concede. Um, but you know, 
if we sign well, which I think we will, then hopefully we can try and kick on. And, you know, the whole world knows that, you know, Scottish teams with a bit of good fortune, or you could say a lot of good fortune, can reach uh, European finals nowadays. Uh, maybe not the Champions League, but the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. You know, it's a, it, it's the level that we should be at. We should be competing in the latter stages of the uh, latter stages of the, stages of these tournaments, um, because we all now know that it's possible. Yeah, Lawrence, you know, to, to add on to that, do you think this? Um, what, what could you say? You know, this security that we've got, you know, complete entry into that group stage is going to be beneficial to us, or do you you think that the board would still have been, you know, as positive in the backing going into this had we still had to play qualifiers this season? Listen, it's less risky for them now, so I don't think the backing would have been the same. Just now, you know, it's guaranteed money as a hosting, maybe money. So they would have backed them, but maybe not to the same level. So we really don't have an excuse now not to back them. We guaranteed, guaranteed entry. You know, everybody knows how much money they'll make from it. So it is about, you know, stand up and back the manager. He's, he's won the league back. It's been decent showings in Europe so far. You know, there's been real spells of games where you thought, you know what? You can go totally to the teams away from home and we can score goals. So I don't see why they win. His transfer record's been really, really good so far. So yeah, so it's reduced risk in that way as well. So you've got to think Michael Nicholson will come out and say, right, who is it you're after? I don't know if Lowell Jr.'s started yet. There was rumours that he wasn't going to start till August. I don't know if that's true. But surely somebody there is identified where we need people and have got a list of targets. Yeah, Patrick, you know, it's no, um, it wasn't a surprise that, you know, we went on to win the league. We looked in a very good position to go and do that. Um, Post-January, I'm sure there was been planning in place, which again, I think is, is important. And it's something that Angie's did well compared to, to other managers. I, I wrote this in an article and I was talking about it Gucci recently that, you know, bringing him in in January along with uh, Matt O'Reilly looks as if we had planned ahead for, for Beaton and Roger Departon. That's going to be really, really important because it's always about being one step ahead, which I think we've been really, really poor at. And transfer windows and going forward, obviously there's people at the club, um, guys that we paid a lot of money for, you know, in terms of Barkas and Ayeti, who as of yet don't look as if they're going to make it at the club. It's about having that forward planning stage, you know, at this point in time, many would say we've only really got two proper strikers that you can trust in Kyogo. Yakimakis, obviously we know Maeda and Abada can play for the middle, but it's about looking at that as a position, for instance, just as, you know, up top, it's likely a Yeti isn't going to do the job, even if we don't shift him out the door, we still need to probably bring somebody in that position, just so we know that we're comfortable, and that if one gets injured, we still have two to pick from. Yeah, you, you just need to, you need to be uh, strong in every position, Um you know, there's a lot of positions like that where you don't even have two guys that you can trust. You know, you look at left back, you look at the goalkeeper. There's probably apart from Taylor and Hart, there's probably no one else that you trust in those positions. Um, I know he gave Scott Bain an extra deal, uh, an extra year in his deal, but hopefully that's just so we can get money from you know. But <clears throat> I think as you were saying earlier in the podcast, uh, 23, 24 players in a sort of tight knit squad, two quality players in every position. Um, Yes, you could say you need a striker, but you know there's other positions where you get no cover at all, especially in defence. Mm. Um, but I'm sure, as you say, for planning, Angel, I've looked at all this. Um, you know, I think when Beaton and Roger left, it came out that they've been planning this for months. They've known this for months that this was going to happen, and that's why they made the move for Adeguchi and Matt O'Reilly to give them the couple of months to play to bed in, so that they're ready to go next season, um, as opposed to bringing them in. You know. So a deadline day with Jota, where they, they need a few months to settle in. But they, they were a big relief last season because of you know the injuries that we had. But they're now sort of ready to kick on this season. Um, and I look forward to it because I think Adeguchi especially will play a much bigger role than he did towards the end of last season. Yeah, absolutely. And Lauren, they're all going to get this pre-season under their belt, which is going to be vitally important. I know guys like... You know, Callum McGregor and whatnot is going to, you know, not return to a bit later. He, you know, he said um, he's already had a wee bit of a break in Dubai. He's going to have a break when he comes back after uh, Scotland's uh, Nations League games. Um, but it's going to be really important because I think as a group they're in a really, really good place. You know, they're a, a real tight knit squad. You can see that with the way they, 
to interact with each other, there's a real togetherness and a collective there, and I think a pre-season's only going to help that, you know, go away, if you'll remember, thinking back to, to last year's pre-season, watching us down in Wales in the old Celtic TV stream, there was still an uncertainty with us as football fans, but we're going to get back in in August, everything just seems a lot more relaxed, chilled out now, I've certainly got that Champions League football to look forward to, we are the champions of Scotland, we've got a pre-season here, it looks like a decent lined up pre-season, um, and it's just about pressing that restart button and going again with hopefully more additions into that squad. Yeah, get the additions in early, hopefully. Hopefully this pre-season's a wee bit kinder than last pre-season in terms of injury, you know what I mean? Uh, if we can get a fully fit squad for ready Champions League qualifiers, who knows what can happen with Ange? I mean, getting another striker in, I don't know if we'll bring another one in while yet he's still in the books, though. You know, you, you, He's on a lot of money. He's scored in Europe for it's away. So if he's fit and we can't move him, I, I think that's where we might struggle to, to get a fourth. Because there's going to be a fourth striker in there, isn't it? You're pushing. Mm. Yeah, even it's further great. down the peck order, probably get no chance of any money back from then if he's you know that far down the peck order. Yeah. So maybe, who knows? He looked fitter at the beginning of last season under Ange. So. You might see him use the wee bit because Ange does like to change his front, his front players. So, wait and see, but I can't see he's bringing in another one where we've still got him on the boots. I like his two, but I see that happening. I think you know, keeper, left back, definitely yeah, attacking midfielder. Yeah, well, all will be revealed. Um, Axel will be here Monday to Friday to keep you up to date with transfers. I'm sure we'll be chatting plenty more about players coming into Celtic, departing Celtic. Thanks to everybody for their comments, getting involved in. Please do like the video if you'll be watching today. Um, Lawrence, Patrick, thank you for joining me on this Tuesday afternoon. Phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.